Hi, my name is Norm Hill. Welcome to Come Follow Me with Cedar Fort. Today we're going to talk about Doctrine and Covenants section 84. This is a particular revelation focused on the priesthood, the Aaronic priesthood and the Melchizedek priesthood, but also a amplification of the charge to bear testimony to all the world. By now we've been through much of the Doctrine and Covenants and several people have written to me and said in our Come Follow Me it seems that we sometimes lose our children or we lose those who are feeling like we're talking the same things all of the time. Is there a way to go beyond specific verses and tell stories about what might be relevant experiences of others that pertain to these particular scriptures. I'm going to try to do that with this focus on Doctrine and Covenants section 84. To begin with, I'd like to focus on the middle, almost, of Doctrine and Covenants section 84, verse 43. And now I give unto you a commandment to beware concerning yourselves, to give diligent heed to the words of eternal life. This focus is on not taking for granted the messages that we have, not taking them lightly. And in other places of this section of the Doctrine and Covenants, there'll also be some emphasis on paying attention, being diligent. Sometimes we think of diligence as being always attentive. Rather than thinking that we're being over-religious when we are diligent, think instead of diligent as being constantly aware. It's noticing. It's the equivalent of being a good observer. To be diligent is to notice and pay attention to things that are occurring around us, especially gospel-oriented messages. In verse 46, the Lord goes on to explain, And the Spirit giveth light to every man that cometh into the world, and the Spirit enlighteneth every man through the world that hearkeneth to the voice of the Spirit. We sometimes refer to this as the Spirit of Christ, or conscience. And in this verse, the Lord is telling us that the Spirit of Christ, our conscience, occurs for everyone. We all have this as we are brought into the world. And through the Spirit of Christ, people can be inspired to do things they might not ordinarily do. Not just members of the church, but anyone. Anyone sensitive to their own conscience, their own moral compass, their own sense of devotion can be enlightened by the Spirit of Christ. I think verse 48 is particularly interesting. It tells us that the Father teaches him, him meaning any person that hearkeneth to the voice of the Spirit, the Father teacheth him of the covenant which he has renewed and confirmed upon you which is confirmed upon you for your sakes, and not for your sakes only, but for the sake of the whole world. We're told here that as we listen and hearken to the voice of the Spirit, that the Father, Heavenly Father, will teach us of the covenant which he's given us, this covenant to bring us back to him. The work of the Father is the glory and immortality of all humanity of bringing us back as his children into the fold. And this is a covenant that the Father has made and renews and confirms upon us. We can know and have an assurance that 
the Lord is working out his covenant as we listen to the Spirit of Christ. In verse 54, the Lord tells us, And your minds in times past have been darkened because of unbelief, and because you have treated lightly the things which you have received. So again, we're seeing this contrast between being diligent and treating things lightly. And when we treat things lightly, in verse 55, the Lord says, which vanity and unbelief have brought the whole church under condemnation. Wow, here we have the whole church is being condemned because we're treating things too lightly, not being diligent. Diligent in the sense of being good observers, practicing gospel virtues. Continuing this theme of being diligent and not treating the scriptures lightly, verse 61 tells us, For I will forgive you of your sins with this commandment, that you remain steadfast in your minds, in solemnity and the spirit of prayer, in bearing testimony to all the world of those things which are communicated unto you. What strikes me about this particular verse is being steadfast in your minds. It's not just our behavior that the Lord is concerned about. It's our hearts and minds as well. By being steadfast in our minds, in solemnity and the spirit of prayer, that then extends itself by bearing testimony to others, we're able to have our sins forgiven. What a great blessing! Again, this contrast between being diligent and being uh, taking lightly the commandments the Lord has given us. As a mission president, I ask missionaries not simply to be diligent in keeping mission rules and in bearing testimony, but in their minds to be present, to be focused on what they were doing without thinking about being back home or the things they were going to do after their mission, to in essence be here now. And by being here now, they would be more diligent in their minds, not just in their behavior which the Lord is emphasizing here in Doctrine and Covenants section 84. There's a similar emphasis that he has in Mosiah chapter 7, verse 33. But if you will turn to the Lord with full purpose of heart and put your trust in him and serve him with all diligence of mind, if you do this, he will, according to his own will and pleasure, deliver you out of bondage. These verses emphasize that it's not just about our behavior, but in our minds, this willingness to be diligent, to think about the Lord when we have quiet moments, to think about others, to be diligent in our minds, not simply in our actions. Back in section 84, in verse 61, again, the emphasis is to remain steadfast in your minds in bearing testimony to all the world. In verse 62, we read, Therefore, go ye into all the world, and to whatsoever place ye cannot go, ye shall send the testimony, you shall send that the testimony may come from you unto all the world and to every creature. So sometimes we're not able to get into locations or places to bear testimony. Sometimes it's a matter of using electronic resources. And so, more recently, the Missionary Committee and Elder Uchtdorf have emphasized the importance of using social media, of being a virtual missionary, of bearing our testimony in realistic ways to others. This doesn't mean standing on a street corner, 
Elder Uchtdorf said, I'm going to say either virtually or in reality, and with a megaphone broadcasting the gospel. Instead, it's having normal and natural conversations. Elder Uchtdorf emphasizes this is as true face-to-face as it is over social media. Have normal and natural conversations with others. Let me tell you about an example of a full-time missionary who did that and found great success. Sister Bat was called on a mission to the Czech Republic. Because she wasn't able to get a visa due to the pandemic, she was reassigned to the Las Vegas, Nevada mission. When she arrived in Las Vegas, she went on social media and joined several professional women's groups. During those conversations with other women online, she indicated that she was new to Las Vegas and unfamiliar with family-oriented activities or events. She said she was a single woman, she was there as a volunteer, and she was looking for activities that would be both educational and recreational, appropriate for someone with high moral standards. As she visited with a variety of other people online, sometimes people would ask her what she was doing in Las Vegas, and she was very open about saying she was waiting for a visa to be able to go to the Czech Republic, but while there was trying to make the best use of her time, and became friends online with a variety of different women, some of whom asked her questions about the gospel. Eventually, she was able to teach and to see a woman that she had become friends with, baptized into the church, whom she met online. She's an example of how we can fulfill this verse, where we cannot go to a place to send our testimony. We can send that testimony over the airwaves, electronically, through social media. We don't need to do that by making a video and recording our testimony. Perhaps the best way of doing that missionaries have found, is to join various groups, to become friends online, to share common experiences with people who have similar values. And as they get to know us, and we get to know them in a very sincere and genuine way, to share our fruits of the gospel, as President Oaks would say, in a natural and normal way. Not with a megaphone, not trying to um, belittle people, or show how much we know, but instead to bear humble testimony of the things which we've experienced and the value of them in our lives. Verse 73, here in section 84, builds upon this emphasis of being humble in our approach. But a commandment I give unto them, that they shall not boast themselves of these things, neither speak them before the world, For these things are given unto you for your profit and your salvation. He's emphasizing that gifts of the Spirit are available to us to strengthen our testimony, but not for signs and not to boast of our experience, but instead to share the things that we hold dear in normal and natural ways, not in spectacular or Uh, unusual ways, but in simple, direct, informal, normal, and natural ways. I have a new book out from Cedar Fork called What They Don't Teach You at the MTC, and it's received a really positive reception. 
providing examples from social media of how full-time missionaries and others are sharing the gospel in normal and natural ways. Another example, a sister serving in the Spokane, Washington area, plays jazz music. She played the piano and the clarinet while growing up. And as a missionary, she wanted to continue practicing instruments where she could, but sharing her experiences with others. So she joined a couple of online interest groups focused either on jazz or piano or clarinet, and again, shared her own love for music, her experiences, her um, favorite artists, and as a result, engaged others in gospel conversations who asked about her background, what she was doing as a missionary, and she was able to share her experiences with others asking. In essence, she was able to share a little bit of herself with people who had already a common interest in music. That common interest in music very easily bridged to gospel hymns and then to gospel principles. In normal and natural ways, she was able to share the gospel. No one was offended. No one uh, felt out of place. And she found that as she shared experiences that others were able to ask questions easily online without feeling uh, the pressure that they might have felt if they were standing in a doorway and she were trying to make an entree with them, sharing uh, the church in a more direct way. Verse 106 in section 84 is a message both about ministering and about full-time missionaries who go two by two. And if any man among you be strong in the Spirit, let him take with him him that is weak, that he may be edified in all meekness, that he may become strong also. Sometimes the most important person we may share the gospel with is a ministering companion or another full-time missionary. In our mission, I served as a mission president in the Ghana Accra West Mission. We had more than half of our missionaries came from African nations and had less than three years of experience in the gospel. They came from small branches where their gospel learning was somewhat limited. And so I emphasized to missionaries who were more experienced, sometimes these were African missionaries in some locations, we had third-generation African missionaries, but by and large they were inexperienced. As I paired strong, experienced missionaries with less experienced missionaries, we were able often to teach one another and to learn from one another, both gospel learning as well as cultural experiences that North American missionaries may be unfamiliar with, but African missionaries could teach them. As a way of strengthening branches in our mission that were had sometimes inexperienced members, I encourage the missionaries to go into primary and to teach primary children primary songs, including all the actions that go often with a primary song. 
And I remember one time emphasizing in a zone meeting to missionaries the importance of sharing what they knew. And I turned to a particular missionary who I knew was from California, and I called him by name and said, uh, hey, all the things you learned in primary, um, go share those, in, especially during singing time. And he said, President, I never went to primary. I joined the church uh, after someone invited me to institute. So it wasn't always North American missionaries teaching primary songs. Sometimes North American missionaries didn't know primary songs themselves. And there were experienced missionaries from Nigeria, from South Africa, from Ghana, who were able to share with more remote branches, smaller units, their own experience of growing up in the church and primary songs that they had learned to love. Verse 109 has a call to us to maintain this diligence regardless of what our specific calling might be. Therefore, let every man stand in his own office and labor in his own calling. And let not the head stand to the feet, it hath no need of the feet. For without the feet, how shall the body be able to stand? Also the body hath need of every member, that all may be edified together, that the system may be kept perfect. There are lots of challenges in the world today, and people have many different opinions. Rather than being divided or separated by different points of view, the gospel brings us together all in one big tent. Rather than looking for differences, looking for commonalities, finding ways that we can strengthen and see each other, both when there are different points of view and when we have different callings. Sometimes people may feel like a call to the nursery is less important than a call in a bishopric. Yet, as this verse emphasizes, regardless of our calling, regardless of what we may be asked to do, the whole body, the whole system is edified by working together. Elder Boyd K. Packer sometimes liked the quote and would repeat it occasionally, that person also serves who stands and waits. Truman Madsen once said, sometimes we're called not to be called. Sometimes our most important calling is to support someone else who, rather than whom we might see as a better fit for a calling or position, to support someone else in that particular role. I like to think that the church belongs to all of us, not just to a few of us. There's a famous story that Leonard Arrington reports in his book, Saints Without Halos. It's a discussion between Bishop Edwin Woolley, who was the bishop of the Salt Lake City 13th Ward, and the prophet Brigham Young. Uh, within the geographic area of the 13th Ward that Bishop Woolley presided over uh, was Social Hall. It was a cultural hall, often rented. At one point in time, there was a disagreement between President Young and Bishop Woolley, and something of a heated argument uh, ensued between the two men. Brigham Young, who could be a little bit uh, pointed, said to uh, Bishop Woolley, 
well, I guess you're going to be offended because of things that I've said, and you're going to go and apostatize and leave the church. And Bishop uh, Woolley bowed his head and then raised it and looked to the prophet in the eye and said, if this were the church of Brigham Young, I would leave it. But it's not. It's the church of Jesus Christ. And it's just as much my church as it is your church. Why would I want to leave my own church? I love that attitude. This is the church belongs to all of us. It's not any one person. Regardless of our calling, the church needs us all. And regardless of differences that we might have with one another, the few things that matter most, the articles of faith, temple recommend, interview, uh, questions that certify our commitment to the Lord and to each other are paramount. The more we hang together, the less we'll hang separately, as Thomas Paine once said. The church belongs to all of us. I hope that we all will own it and consider it one of our most priceless possessions.